Welcome back to DMC Podcast, episode number 43. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about creativity. And just to get the ball rolling, Joseph, I just wanted to ask really quickly, how do you express your creativity, just to go right into it? Mate, let's jump right into it. Yeah, I've been excited to talk about this one because recently I've been a bit creative in the work that I do. And you think, Joseph, you're a software engineer. How can you be creative? But trust me, you have to have some creative solutions to some stuff that we have to go through, Manny. I know you can definitely testify about that and how just some obscure solutions. Because for me, creativity is more than just creating a beautiful piece of art or creating music or composing something or doing what's typically considered creative. You can be creative in your solution to a coding problem because at the end of the day, you're creating something. I'm creating a, a program or whatever. So I've been quite stuck at work. I, I was staring at a screen for three days straight, not knowing what on earth to do, how on earth to make a solution. And then something hit me. I was like, yo, let me just try that. And it was a bit outside the box, a bit obscure. My manager initially was like, I'm not sure what you're doing here, Joey, but give it a go because we've tried everything else. And then boom, it starts working. And my creativity was expressed through my coding if it when it comes to other stuff i'm absolutely hopeless in artwork in music i'm tone deaf man i'm tone literally deaf. you sound like me uh, and shout out to anyone who uh, like in secondary school was i was in their art class because i tell you one thing mate anyone you talk to me in art or anything like that i was an absolute shambles <laughs> man i was so bad I was so bad at art like I had a picture and I, I don't even think the teacher could even say anything good about it because it was just that bad and yeah but like I think that was a good point that you raised though, about creativity like just generally in your work I think creativity is something to do with doing something like a bit obscure something a bit different something unique which can bring new results or just bring around new ideas and um, it's kind of funny actually that you have a nickname at work Joey I kind of like that one I might steal it for next year but <laughs> well, I- I'm Joey because there's three Josephs in office. The oldest one is Joseph. The middle one is Joe. And because I'm the youngest one, I'm Joey, which is a small, it's like a young person's name, I think, at least. So I'm Joey in the office. I think Joey is a nickname, actually, for uh, a young kangaroo. Or like it a is, baby it kangaroo. is, it is. So that makes a lot more, that makes even more sense, to be honest. I'm the baby. I'm the youngest person in my office by a long shot. And yeah. I think Joey's quite a nice name. So I am out of that. I am out of that. No, fair. But I, yeah, man, just to go back to the point of like creativity, I think that everyone has an avenue to be creative. But I feel like because there's so many different like ideas and different like notions of creativity being associated with art, music, drama, etc. It's kind of gets lost in its own meaning about what creativity actually is. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that actually really does strike me talking about this now is that when my brother does maths and he does some stuff right, he's like, oh, man, that maths is beautiful. And he, like, gets so gassed about it. And I'm just like, what's maths going on? Maths is amazing, on? man. No, and, trust me. And, like, he can see the beauty in maths. And, yeah, he may tell he may when this episode comes out, he may take me aside. He's like, Joseph, why are you making me be such a nerd, man? It's because you are, Oscar. It's because you are. You do maths for a living. But he, um, yeah, he, he, he sees the beauty in maths. And he sees the creativity that maths can bring. It's not necessarily, oh, there's art subjects and there's science subjects. And in order to be creative, you have to do art subjects. That's not the case at all. Yes, it may be more typically creative. And yes, you have the opportunity to be exclusively creative within an art subject. But that's not to say creativity cannot be found elsewhere. 
such as how my brother does when he does some cool maths. No, 100%, man. There's, there's just something about like doing things differently and something a bit outside of the box, which brings about like, I'm not going to say happiness, but like it's a sense of like, especially when you're getting something done, it's a sense of fulfillment that you're able to do something, but in a way that might not be traditionally the way that you're supposed to, or maybe a way that you go about things normally. And I think that that's the great thing about creativity. And it's kind of your take on something or your take on different ideas and bringing them together to create something uh, not necessarily new, but a bit innovative. And that that's just what creativity means for me personally. And which brings to the next question. What, what do you think creativity means for you? It's very similar to the, to the definition you just mentioned, to be honest, I feel like it's just, it's, it's taking something which is generic and has quite broad applications, such as, let's say, portraiture. Uh, and one of my close friends who he did art in secondary school and he was like one of the only, the only person in my friendship group who really had any artistic talent. I wouldn't say only creative talent because we're all creative in our own ways, but he's the only one who had artistic talent. And he did portraiture for one of his modules in, in sixth form. And portraiture is a very generic and very open, open umbrella of a term of what paintings can do. But the way he did it, was absolutely beautiful like it was amazing the creativity that he had he used blocks of color like literally literal squares of paint that he would use on a brush and he would paint with like very um distinct blocks and very vibrant blocks but you'd it would be in such a way that it would create an amazing portrait at the end and it didn't look it wasn't meant to be hyper realistic it was meant to be exaggerated and bold and bright and it was amazing and for me that that just that speaks to the rest of things that's not just Oh, he's uh, artistic. He's also creative because he takes a larger, um, a larger umbrella term and makes it his own. You know, I I took with myself. I took the the coding. I took the network protocols and just the generic application of UDP and TCP. But I made it my own with the way that I went around it. And it sounds really obscure. Sounds really weird. But that's kind of my approach to it, Manny. I don't know what you think about that. No, I was going to say, um, there's a lot there to unpack and something that I feel like you might be saying, but correct me if I'm wrong, that creativity is a form of abstraction. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, 100%. and it's like, you notice that based on what you were saying about your friend who did portraiture, that it's, he, they've gone about and done something. It's not necessarily like something that you'd think of immediately, but they've done it in their own way and they've taken certain aspects of certain things and abstracted it to make it seem like their own and it's just something that's i think i think creativity is a useful is a, is a good skill to have like being creative like building on that and we can talk probably how to be a bit more creative as a person or create like bringing creativity to certain things in your life or your lifestyle but it's it brings room for imagination and different ideas which also brings about room for improvement after all in certain areas which you might not have thought in your first instance of trying to improve yourself uh, it would be something that you could t- definitely take a look at. Well, what was quite interesting the other day is that my girlfriend and I, we were trying to get her sister an application form going to go into secondary school. And we were looking at the entrance exams and there were some like simple, you know, 11 plus SAT maths questions that people were doing. And we both looked at it, it was like, you know, should we, should we like do these maths questions just so you can do it faster, have a little competition. And what was really weird and really interesting is that we both had such differing ways of reaching the answer. 
based on what we were taught. Like there was um, like so, some things like divisions and percentages and stuff like that. We both got the right answer in a very similar time, but we both did different approaches. Yes, it may have, and that could be as a result of how we were taught it or just how our brains think. You know, she's more, um, more you, you know, better with her words than I am because she's doing psychology and she does essays and she interacts with people, whereas I'm doing computer science, which is a bit more analytical. We still got the same answer in maths. We just had a different way of approaching it and different way of being creative um, in such a way. And that, that can kind of be said for me and you, Manny, for example, if we're doing a coursework and we both score really well, but we both take a completely different approach. I think creativity is very individualized. I think that's a, a main thing. You can't look at someone else and think they're creative and I'm not because they're doing certain things in a stereotypically more creative way. That doesn't necessarily diminish your own creativity. It just means you're doing something different, which is better, if anything. I think that's much better. Yeah, and I think it was good that you raised that it's individual because... Uh, probably even me when I think about myself when I was younger I definitely think to myself that many people are more creative than I was but that's also because you kind of get pigeonholed the idea that creativity comes from the fact that you're able to perhaps like it's it's always focused around presentation I feel like Like you're creative if you can present like a good piece of art you're creative if you can do like food tech where you can present your food in such a way that it looks like a piece of art I feel like creativity is always kind of shoved into category of it being to do with art that that you never really think about yourself as a creative person because you think to yourself i'm already creative i'm just i'm just good at maths like <laughs> sometimes yeah, i used yeah, to yeah. think and it's I like you. you never really think that creativity can be used or even implemented in every aspect of your life or every a- aspect of subjects that you kind of l- like doing and i think that's really important to mention because we can feel that if you're really analytical or you feel like you don't really have the skills to be creative is it, it you're not really you're not you don't feel like you are creative and i feel like that's kind of a bit of a harsh way to try and categorize yourself because it's quite binary it's like you're not creative or you are i feel like everyone's got their own sense of creativity like you said in individual and we can definitely learn from other people's creativity but i feel like everyone has their own style it's kind of like wearing clothes bro like I like smart casual. I'm not going to lie. That's my kind of vibe. I'm a smart casual <laughs> yeah, kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I roll up in like a shirt and maybe some chinos and stuff. I love wearing that. But it's like, yes, it might be creative. I take inspiration for other people who wear like similar clothes. But that doesn't mean that I'm not creative because I do something similar to someone else. It's just that that's the kind of style I go for. I might go for the same style every time, but I might swap it here and there because it's about me. What do I, what does man uh, embody? And that, that's what I feel like is creative as well. So if you were to come into my office, because my office right now is very lax on the dress code. If there was literally like no dress code except for don't wear tracksuits, what would you turn up in if you could choose whatever you wanted? Can I be honest? If if it wasn't hot, I'd actually roll up in a blazer. A blazer? Yeah. Really? You gotta, you gotta, you wow. gotta let them know. You gotta let them know you're there for business, <laughs> bro. You're there for business. Like, wow. I even said to I even said to the guy at work the other day, like quite a while back actually, I was like one day, let's both go in a, in a blazer to work. And I'm working from home. You know me. I said to him, I'll do it. I said to him, I'll do it. I said, let me know. I've got my checkered blazer. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to for be, any occasion. And to I really, be fair, I that checkered blazer is good. That checkered blazer is good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But it's just like, I love wearing it. Like, even when I work at home, 
Mm-hmm. I wear like a turtleneck, and even though yeah, my trousers might be tracksuits. Obviously, <laughs> nobody sees my trousers, but like, I-, I tried to make myself presentable. I like the smart casual look. Mm-hmm. You know those? I'm a massive fan of those. We you know those shirts, like the Hollister shirts that I wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love those shirts, the button shirts, like the button ones where you can the button up. But they're like they look like summer shirts. They're not like like a uh, actual like white collar t-shirt. It's not like, uh, sorry white collar shirt. But it's like a, um, it's like one of those ones. I like that. I like a collar, like, or even you. like a no collar, but it's like a circle uh, neck instead of a V neck. And then I oh yeah, that. I love yeah, those. Yeah. I love those. Thing is, I because there's no dress code. Obviously, I'm never gonna t- sh- turn up in tracksuits because that just shows you you're taking the piss at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, no, you are. <laughs> you are. I'm never gonna do that. But I have. I like. I I initially on my first day because I didn't know that there was a very lax dress code. Um, I showed up in like a, a sh- like a, a grey button up collar shirt. I turned up in like um, suit trousers and like smart shoes and stuff like that. I, I know which shirt you're talking about as well. Exactly. I know exactly I looked- which one. It's got the black uh, black buttons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. I looked around me and I saw. Wait a minute. No one else here. I'm I'm dressed smarter than everyone else. I'm the one sticking out right now. I'm the new guy. What's going on? So from that day onwards, I just wore casual clothes not super casual like i'm gonna flip it and show up in a tracksuit but I, I i showed up in like ripped jeans and a hoodie or something like that or i wore my nmds to work or i usually wear my nmds to work or whatever because they're comfortable but at the same time i don't want to wait take wait the piss. i'm gonna sound like a boomer but i don't know what that means what is NMD? N- nmds are like t- they're a type of shoe they're a type of very comfortable shoe like trainers I'll search on google what's your camera give, give a little look but yeah so um i showed up in that because i was thinking well, I want to be comfortable at work, but also want to respect the fact that it's a professional environment. So I don't wear the ripped jeans anymore. I wear chinos or I wear normal jeans. And I'll, I'll start to wear sweatshirts or jumpers rather than hoodies. Sometimes it's cold. So I show up in a fluffy hoodie and look like with like little cat ears on it because I'm, I'm adorable. You know, I'm adorable like that. So sometimes I just do that as well because it's, it's not about being a hundred percent professional yes smart clothes you know dress smart be smart i get that all right i get that but also if you dress comfy you're comfortable and you're able to pay less attention to what you're wearing because you're not worried about what other people are going to think if there's less of a dress code you know that people aren't left in a second thought about what you're wearing because there's no there's no rules there's no rules to it so I think that's important because then you can express your creativity in what you wear. You can. I showed up in a in a rhinestone Gengar necklace that I got from my friends for my birthday, like a Gengar bejeweled necklace. I looked like an absolute clown, but I expressed my creativity in what I was wearing. I wore all purple that day to match the necklace. It was quite fun. That's, that's pretty sick. I can read that. I'm looking at the NMDs right now. They're really nice shoes. These black Adidas ones, original ones, look really yeah, nice. Bro. The white ones look good as well. Those yeah. look like really nice shoes. They're comfy but, um, as hell. Yeah, no, they do, man. They look really nice, I have to be honest. But <laughs> I was going to say, in terms of, like, um, on your first day for work, though, I think everyone's first day for work, they dress up quite professional because it's, like, you're trying to make, like, yourself known or whatever. Like, you know that you're taking it seriously. You don't want to go... If your first day you went in and you wore, like, tracksuits or something, no one would take you seriously. You'd probably get told <laughs> to leave and go True. home. Like, there is no point. There's no point, but... I think the first is always the day, like first impressions, you meet new people. So people look at how you're dressed up. Mm. But I don't know, like I, I this is on a completely but on a different tangent, but I feel like I overdress quite a lot. And my mates do tell me that sometimes, but 
I like doing it. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I like rolling up in something that's kind of unique. Like, I've got my checkered trousers. I wear my shirt. I wear, like, a nice jacket. I'm just the kind of guy who just, I don't know, look like a baller, feel like, feel oh, like a baller. Oh, 100%. Bro. I remember <laughs> your, your denim jacket with, has, like, the fluff collar kind of thing. I remember that. That was cool. Oh, yeah. No, I that have to be cool. honest. Like, credit where credit's due. My mum's selection of clothes sometimes is just top class. Like top I tier. ask her to buy her stuff. Like so, I'll be like, "So, can you get me this?" So I say to her, "Can you get me a bomber jacket?" And she'll come home with a bomber jacket, but she'll know like this is the one. Like that one, I said to her, "Can you buy me a bomber jacket, please?" She's like, "Sure." And then she bought the one with the collar on it, which is quite nice. But and, and I'm looking like like so half the stuff, and I get I'm quite fortunate in a way. Like she pulls up some nice stuff, so I got to rate it. But, <laughs> shout yeah. out to shout out to Manny's mom, and also shout out to all mums because it's Mother's Day today. They're recording it, so. Big shout out to all mums. But I just want to ask you, because while we're on this tangent, we might as well ask, what do you think about dressing up smart to a video interview? I think that's important. I think dressing up just generally is important, especially for interviews and stuff. Like, but for a video like interview, that, you're not there in person. I, no, but even when I had mine, I dressed up quite smart. Because it, it, regardless, it's the first interaction. That's the most that's important true. thing. That's true. That's true. When that's you have true. a first interaction, you have to like, especially for a job, you have to kind of present yourself a certain way, so. Yeah. Okay. I think. I remember. Sorry, I, I, I'm hearing myself by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think I think it is important because, yeah, like I said, first interaction, first point of contact with lots of people that you probably might be ending up working with. Like during my interview, I was interviewed by people who, not only that are in the same sector as me, but also in the complete department. They're quite high up, so you're kind of presenting yourself to those people as well, which is important. Yeah, I, I, that's true. And also, one other thing I wanted to ask is that on my first day, um, I, I took my rucksack with me and my rucksack had quite a few holes in it and rips in it and stuff like that. And my mum was like, oh, Joe, you can't go into work with that. Like, looking um, a bit towards your, I think, I don't remember the words you used, but looking a bit, you know, unkept with your rucksack. And I was thinking, I said to her, and she, kind of, she agreed to this point that I said is that if I go in, and they judge me on the state of my rucksack and they think of me less because of how, you know, how unkept my rucksack is. Those aren't the kind of people I want to work with. What do you think about that? I get where you're coming from, but also at the same time, I feel like there's a, I feel like there's like a universal standard when it comes to like going for, when you go for a job and when you have jobs in general, like if, if you turn up in certain, you have to present yourself a certain way. I feel like it, this is the kind of a harsh reality. Like if you turn up for a job a certain way, you can't, there's certain like like I say universal rules or laws that you kind of abide by. Like you wouldn't really come in with like a ripped trouser or like a ripped sock or like yes okay socks no one can no one can see but you know what I'm saying the whole premise about that. That's true. That's true. I think I think there's the level of like even though yes you're right in the way that's like those judgments shouldn't occur they're going to occur anyway. I think that's just that's the reality true. that, that we live in. Like people are gonna judge you regardless. Like people think i overdress some people like the way i dress some people don't like the way you dress but it's just up to you i feel like with jobs too especially when you're going in somewhere new you kind of have to set the precedence kind of early like the, the you're like i feel like people also believe that the way you dress dress up is kind of the way you how you like conduct yourself as a person like if you're going to dress up in something that's kind of relaxed that doesn't mean you're really like it might mean that you're relaxed but also if you dress up really relaxed it just might seem like you don't care but that's also an assumption. Like these judgments are always made. So yeah, I feel like okay. I get where you're coming from, but I also think there's that kind of idea of it's kind of universal that you go about and do things in a certain way. So 
Yeah, that's what All I right. think. Personally. Interesting point, Manny. I'll, I'll take that on board. I like that. I like that. But just to to steer this back towards creativity, because we got on a bit of a tangent, an enjoyable one for sure. Hopefully, you guys like listen to it and maybe provide some introspection. But just to move it back to where we were, I wanted to ask you, Manny. Would you consider yourself to be creative? Like straight off the bat, would you be like, "Yes, I'm a creative person." Yes and no. I think this podcast is creative, so I'd say yes, I am. Because we're able to, we basically spent, we spent the last 43 weeks expressing our ideas over like a conversation. And I feel like that kind of shows how creative we are as people. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, you could probably talk to you, I'll probably be able to talk to you about 150 topics. Like that kind of like, not only knowledge, but also being able to have those kind of conversations and uphold them is quite important. And so then I would say that we're quite creative when it comes to that. But when it comes to other stuff, like, you know, I can't, I'm useless at art and stuff like that. But that's the thing I default to, like I said, about creativity. How about you? Um, thing is, I wouldn't say I'm creative, but that's purely based on the fact that I compare myself to people who I see t- as typically creative. You know, even with the work that I do and the coding that I do and, like, generally my day-to-day life and what my passions are, do I see them as typically creative? Not really. Um, but then on the other hand, with for Mother's Day, I made a handmade card for my mum and I did some like drawings and I made like a voucher, like a, a little physical voucher saying this entitles Yvonne um, to uh, one painting of the living room. And I put that inside a homemade card, which had like a picture of a, a paintbrush and a paint can on the front. So that, aspect does make me think oh maybe I am a bit creative you know I'm not necessarily good at art you know I'm not necessarily a, the, a very good drawer a very good musician whatever but I do like to be creative in some aspects I think there's a a bit of a dysphoria there with people thinking you have to be good at something to be considered creative which is a very interesting topic in itself. Like I'm not good at drawing, but I still love to draw and make these homemade cards and make homemade gifts. My girlfriend, you know, I made her a mixtape. Like I got an old, an old mixtape player and recorder and I recorded a playlist and a mixtape that I I remember this. I remember that. Yeah, exactly. You remember you telling me, you're like, I'm making a mixtape and you explained it to me. You're like, uh, you were slightly worried to be fair but I was like you I don't was. need to worry about it and it was <laughs> it worked out I've heard good things about it as well so. yeah thanks man I'm proud yeah. man I'm proud but it, it that's what I mean like you know like creativity I feel like creativity is also met with a standard like you said it's more like uh, someone could draw something and if the drawing is rubbish it means they're not creative that's a complete myth I think creativity comes from the implementation and the process of you going about drawing the picture rather than the picture itself if you wanted something aesthetically pleasing that doesn't mean it's creative people look good good doesn't mean they're creative very good point that's a very good point yeah that's like that's good because you know with in terms of presence when i give gifts i love to give unique gifts and give things that people aren't going to be expecting you know Uh, i'm not the biggest fan of giving someone cash for their birthday or for christmas or whatever yes it's a it's a good cop-out and you know that they'll appreciate it but for one of my friends, I got him a handmade Tesla logo necklace for his birthday because he loves Tesla and he doesn't really wear jewelry. And I think maybe because he ha- hasn't had the right jewelry to wear. So I got him that present. For one of my other friends, I got him a poster for a video game that he loved and I got it framed for him and I got it and I got it like really nicely presented. And so all of these things, maybe I'm not creative in my work life. Maybe I'm not creative in my personal life, 
but I love to give people creative gifts. That's where my creativity comes in. And if you look in, you have a bit of introspection, you can see yourself as creative. Like looking at you, Manny, right now, I'd say you're very creative because of the ideas you come up with for the podcast, the questions that you have that you come up with for us to talk about as well. And your note-taking abilities and the fact that you create are very creative in your the way you study and stuff like that. That's for me, I see that as creative, even if you don't necessarily do that. So it is very it's a bit of a discrepancy because yes, I'm not creative in my work life. Yes, I'm not an artist or artistic or whatever, but in terms of other aspects, I would say I am creative. So it is yes and no from me as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate that man. It means a lot. Like um, I was going to say, in terms of like homemade stuff, I've noticed that about you as well. And when you pick, the thing is, I feel like you're like very good at identifying people's like, like what they enjoy and what they don't like. And then you're able to cater to what they enjoy when it comes to their birthday and do things around it. Whether you being creative is doing something handmade or you being creative is going that extra mile and getting something a bit different, a bit obscure, something that you wouldn't initially think that you want, but when mm-hmm. you get it, you're like, I'm so glad that you got me this. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that a lot of our friends and half of everyone that knows you, uh, they, I want to just say thank you for that because it oh, does mean a lot to them. Appreciate and, it. Yeah, no, like, I get what you mean. When I say it as a joke, obviously I'm joking, but like when I, when I think about myself when it comes to like doing things and how I study and how I go about things, like especially with maths, I just call myself a fraud because I do the most <laughs> unconventional, weirdest <laughs> things possible, but it works. And I've always kind of been that kind of guy who does something that you don't really think of, but it works. And you're like, yo, how did you think of this? I was like, well, if this works, that means that based on that assumption, I I think this would work. So then I've done the complete opposite. I've done something a bit like a loophole. So I think in a way, yes, that shows my creativity. Um, But yeah, like I, I just wanted to ask a question actually, completely different, but back to what you're saying about gifts and stuff. In terms of like homemade stuff, what's your thoughts on that? And like, what do you what's your opinions on it because i'm not gonna lie homemade cards i feel like the last time besides probably today which was kind of clutched by my sister to be fair because she made a really nice homemade card for my my mom for mother's day that's kind of something that you do in junior school do you feel like it has more meaning what does it kind of show i feel like it definitely has more meaning making creative gifts when you're older because when when you're in school you're encouraged to be creative and to do these things and you have time set aside in certain lessons and by certain teachers or whatever to be creative when it's outside of school and now in a work environment for myself or with my brother in final year it's a lot more difficult to set aside that time and of course because me and my brother are quite analytical he does maths i do computer science and so our artistic abilities aren't quite up to the par as everybody else but we're both trying we both try our best with whatever creative gifts that we make and i think it does hold a lot more value and a lot more weight when you make creative gifts as you get older because not only is it the thought process that you're putting into it and you know thinking outside the box for that person it's also a bit it's time consuming you know, it's very easy to buy a gift or to ask them what they want and to ask them for a recommendation. And yeah, that's a great option because you know you'll get something that they like. But at the same time, it's an easy option. The harder option is to get them something that they haven't even thought of, something they may have mentioned months ago. And you think ahead, like, okay, when their birthday comes around, I'm getting them this because I know they'll love it. And that takes a little bit more effort, but that effort is a lot, is appreciated a lot more. For example, with with uh, my mum, 
for for her 60th birthday i made her a photo album and i filled it with pictures from the past 10 years because from 2000 2010 we had photo albums of every year leading up to that point and all the stuff we'd done together and been up to but from 2010 onwards for whatever reason we didn't have photos anymore we didn't have any more photo albums and i was thinking it's my mom's 60th birthday it's a big six oh I want to make something great that she will remember and that she can have with her physically. And so I made this photo album and she loved it with 200, 200 plus photos. And I put little um, footnotes on under each one and I spent ages on it trying to make it perfect. And she really appreciated it. And she appreciated it even more because she, the first thing she said was, this must have taken you ages. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Cause I wanted to make it. And at the same time, um, I, I also made her a card for Mother's Day, but my brother, because my mum is single now, um, my brother made her a Valentine's Day card saying, we'll always be your Valentine's mum and like we always love you so much or whatever and all that lovely stuff. And she really appreciated that too, which was really nice. It definitely does come from the heart a lot more when you make a creative gift. That's not to say that um, more less original gifts aren't creative and aren't from the heart. It's just, it's an easy option where you're guaranteed that the person will like it. And when, when was the last time you made something like on that level, Manny, when you were as creative as that? Man, I don't know why you put me on the spot and my memory doesn't serve me well right now. And I, I say that a lot, even though my memory is really good. I can't think of a time <laughs> where I've made a creative gift for someone, if I'm honest, I can think of. Like, I've got something that I knew the person would have wanted. But in terms of, like, creative gift, I don't feel like I've done that as much as I probably should or could have. And that's probably a failure on my part, to be honest, as a mate. So, any of my mates, I want to apologise publicly for the failures <laughs> I've performed. No, man, it's not a failure. It's not... But to be fair, one thing that I, I think... do think of you being creative, actually, sorry to cut you off, is you yeah, had no the worries. idea of making the podcast hoodies. DMC merch. I wouldn't even thought of that. So props to you for that, because that's creative in itself, thinking how can I branch out from the online space? Let me get something real world DMC podcast. Yeah, and like something I was going to say about creativity. I don't know if it's creative, but I, I can't, uh, I wrote for some, some friends that I was quite close to in first year. I think I wrote a note to them at the end of first year. I can't remember if I did this, but I feel like I did. I remember writing something and I gave it to a few people and it like it, it's just I don't know if that was really me being creative, it was just me expressing my gratitude. But I think that goes a long way for a lot of people. And yeah, it did like I did invest a lot of time to it. And it did it it's just something that I felt like I wanted to give to certain people because it kind of they meant a lot to me then and, and that year especially they did a lot for me. So that's something I've done. I wouldn't say that's creative, I feel like that's quite sentimental, but I feel like those two kind of overlap sometimes. Yeah, I, I get you. That's the thing, though, because creativity doesn't necessarily have to mean creating something or making something grand. It can just be, like you mentioned, expressing gratitude in a in a wholesome, less thought of manner. And I think that's if that's what people want to take away from today, then that's great. You know, that's brilliant listening to today's podcast and thinking, actually, you know, at that time I I wrote a really heartfelt text to my mom out of nowhere or I video called some friends when they weren't expecting it. Yeah, that could be seen as being creative. That can be seen as thinking, oh, I just want to do this because it'll make my friends happy, or I want to do this because it'll make me happy. And creativity and artistic are two things that are very, very much seen as interlinked. I think you can't 
be artistic without being creative, but you can be creative without being artistic if you're not trying to say money. Agreed and disagreed. I know where you're coming from, but I also think you can be artistic but not be creative. Like you see a lot of art to do with, I forgot what it's called now, but it's to do with shapes. And like a shape geometric, on, geometric, geometric art. And I'm not saying that's not creative, but I'm just saying that like when you think of creativity, you don't really think of like a conglomerate of shapes coming together to create something. Which actually now I think about it, I think you're right. Like yeah, it makes sense to say with art there comes creative. I think with art there does come some creativity, but it's in it also thinks it's also very subjective. Like there might be a boring piece of art, but for some person or someone else who's really ingrained into like the structure of the art or like the textures and things of that nature. It could be like, it's very creative, the style that they went about to use like a brush stroke in a certain angle or whatever, like whatever the person's thing is when it comes to art. But I think, yes, when it comes to art, then I would say you're right that there is uh, not space or time, but what was it? When there's art, there's also going to be creativity. It's like a prerequisite. But I'm willing to listen to other people and like, I feel like if I'm onto something, guys, let us know because I had something, but now I feel like I've completely just bowled it. But <laughs> I'm just kind of curious what other people think about that because I don't know. When I first heard it, I was like, I'm not too sure. I was umming and ahhing even when I listened to it. But now it's like, I think I do agree. I say I think because I'm still unsure. But I'm, I'm a bit, I'm on the fence, bro. I'm on the fence. Yeah, no worries, man, no worries. It's a, it's a bit of an obscure topic. I haven't paid much thought to it myself. I literally just thought of that statement as we've been talking about it because it's kind of been affirming certain things that I've previously thought anyway. But one thing I did want to ask you is uh, that's been hotly debated for years now. Do you think that the education system stifles creativity? And that takes us back to what you said earlier about like homemade gifts. But the, uh, when, you do it, when you're younger, they kind of incentivize you to do these kind of things. I think it's that's a yes or no answer, to be honest. It's like when you're younger, I feel like you do more creative things, yes. But I also think that's a byproduct of you going into the education system at a young age and they kind of teach you certain things. Like, yes, you learn your, you don't call it maths, you call it numeracy when you're younger, but that's just weird. But anyway, so you learn like your maths, your English, your sciences, but you also do creative stuff and you're super young as well. Like you do paintings, you do other things. And as you get older, I feel like people tend to, work towards what they're good at and they see less value in other things so i feel like people's sense of creativity might kind of shift because they focus more on the things that they're good at rather than the things that they're bad at or things that they feel like might not be as useful to them as so for someone might think maths is more useful than art and i'm gonna say if this is true or false because to be honest i feel like it's a bit up in the air like it, in the grand scheme of things you'd think to yourself yes maths is more useful but art's got people into a lot of places, especially when it comes to not only, um, like there's like really famous like painters and there's uh, recently the rise in NFTs. Shout out to anyone who knows what NFT is, a non-fungible token. Basically, some stuff to do with the blockchain and Bitcoin. You can buy digital art and it's selling for a mad amount of money on Ethereum. It's like someone sold something for like 10 Ethereum uh, coins, which is... Right now, it's valued at 1,900, and I think it's that's a 19K piece of digital art. And it's crazy because there's people like taking screenshots of moments in real life or like making gifts of certain things and selling them. Like the NBA have a uh, NFT for LeBron James's dunk, and it sold for like two million pounds. It's ridiculous. But 
anyway, going back to what I was going to say, the education system. <laughs> I think that there's, because it's, sometimes it does get restrictive and as you get older, you get to choose the boundaries. That's where I feel like, yes, there is the uh, opportunity cost there, but you losing your creativity. But if we're going to go back to the original point that we made about you not, you can be creative without doing art, then the answer could just be no. Because those, those restrictions can lead to different ideas. I feel like once people put you into a box, some people work out how to get outside of the box. I think that's a really good point about you follow your creativity less because you're not as good at art. Because now that you think about it, you know, why would you take an art class in school? Why would you do art or DT if you were just doing it to fail? You know, if you're just going to do the course, enjoy it. Sure, you love doing it. But at the end of the day, you were going to get an F. You know, it doesn't make sense from an academic perspective. And that sucks that that's how it is, that you get marked on how good your art is rather than how creative your art is or how good your design projects are rather than how creative your design projects are. And, you know, I love doing English literature, which I think is a quite creative subject. And I initially didn't really think that's for me because I was doing computer science, I was doing maths, I was doing physics, you know, those trifecta are very analytical subjects. And when I tell people that I also did English literature and that it was my favorite subject at A-level, they looked at me like, you did English lit and you do computer science at uni now, what the heck? But that was not because I was particularly good at English lit, it's because I enjoyed it. And I took the risk on, yeah, I may fail the class. I may get a D grade or a C grade or whatever. But I, every time that class came up in school, I looked forward to it and I enjoyed it. And I was just able to be a bit more creative. I was able to exercise a different part of my brain. But when it's with art, it sucks that in school you have to be good at it in order to be uh, prompted to pursue it. And I think that's one of the main reasons it does stifle creativity because it it only encourages those who are good at those subjects to carry on doing those subjects, if you know what I mean. Yes, but then my question is to you, when you think about it in the inverse, are you not then valuing people's ideas rather than their execution? And then that's a completely different conversation in itself. Like, yes, it was creative. And yes, that might be a part of the criteria when it comes to you doing a piece of art. But if it was marked on creativity alone, that means the person ideas would be higher value to their execution. But I think execution is what, value, what is valued more, not only in school, but in real life as well. Like how many people do you think had so many different crazy creative ideas, but because they didn't execute on it, they didn't reap the benefits of those kind of creative endeavors. And I think that's just a different conversation. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. we have time to jump that's into really it right good now. Point. That's, that's, that, really good that's point. something I was thinking of, like when you said that. <laughs> well, the thing is like with, um, that's why I guess there's teams of people. There's one person who thinks of a storyline for a video game and they may have a great idea on what to do with this amazing story and these characters and how they intertwined or whatever, but they have no way of executing it. And that's when you employ an artistic developer, you employ a game developer, you employ software engineers and everybody, but there's still that role for the storyboard developer that's in the company so i get what you're saying but they can also find a niche within that's their specific role is just to do that be creative in their mindset and that alone but like you say that's for
that's for another time and that's for another conversation. So uh, to move on, Manny, do you think creativity, cre damn, I messed that one up. Creativity <laughs> is really that important for everyone. For example, does an analytical person need to be creative? I think it's important, but non-essential. Like, I think it's an optional thing to be, that is important. I feel like if you're analytical and you have a bit of creativity about you, then you might be able to stretch the boundaries of your, like, not only observations, but also the things that you carry out and the things that you do. Like, you might think that this is the best possible way to do it. But if you're a bit more creative, you might have a different angle that you're looking at that problem or, or uh, kind of issue. And I feel creativity can kind of be a supplement to your analytical uh, brain or idea, uh, analytical like nature. It is important, but I don't think it's like, I don't feel like you have to be creative. I feel like sometimes boring answers and boring solutions are the best solutions. How about you? So, what do you think? Yeah, that's a nice sentiment, to be honest, because, yeah, I, I, I agree generally that you don't have to necessarily be creative if your job, for example, doesn't require you to be creative. Say if you're doing data entry and you're just typing in things, writing up documents, trans transcribing things, for example, you don't need to be creative. You just need to get the job done. If you can think of a creative way that allows you to get that job done faster, then brilliant. But that's not, that's, as you said, that's a, not a necessity to be creative in that aspect. So I'm in agreement with you there. I think that's a good point. Because if I wasn't creative in the way that I was doing my work, eventually I would get the right answer and I would find a solution. Perhaps I'd need to talk to some managers. Perhaps I'd need to consult some documentation. But I would get there eventually. It's just that being creative allowed me to get there faster and allowed me to get there at a quicker rate. Uh, are there any times you've actually been creative in terms of your coding, Manny, and stuff you've been working on for the past year or so? Well, there's an interesting story that's about to happen now because I was doing this thing about algorithms and a friend and I were working on it. And I wouldn't say it was creative. It was kind of weird. It, the thing is with me, I think I sometimes say weird. Is I kind of put weird and creative in the same bracket because it is something a bit different. But I found out about this like method, which is index of, which gives you the index of the certain value. And you had to do something to do with the, uh, an array. So it's like basically a sequence of numbers and you had to work out if those sequence of numbers, you had to basically, you have a sequence of numbers, then you have like a target number. And if there's one of the, if the sequence of numbers add up to that target number or like a combination of those. So like, for example, if it was four, five, six was your sequence of numbers and your target sum was nine, your output would be four and five because those are the two numbers that add up to make nine. And so uh, my question is, Joseph, what would you do in that situation to get to that answer? I would go on Stack Overflow and see what other people have already done. I can't believe you just, okay, okay, forget it. The point is, the point is, that's fair, <laughs> fair enough. You know what? Yeah, I know Stack Overflow. Yes, some people do use that. But the thinking I had, and obviously, I'm just putting it really into simple terms because of the fact that there was larger sequences than that and larger numbers. But I thought to myself, you take, you loop through the sequence of numbers. So you have four, five, six. So you find four. And then in my head, I did this. I was like, well, four, to get to nine, you need five. So I did the target number minus the number that you're at right now in the loop, which is four. And then you do a 
statement which is a contains contain just means that does this include this and then you take that sequence and if that sequence contains the value now that is the new target addition that you need so in our case is five then return that is true or return return the return the output of the first number in the sequence and the actual um and the number that you're adding on to to work it out that's what I thought of. And obviously these are much larger numbers. So for example, if it was like 37, where you have like eight, nine, 17, 16, five, four, three, eight, 10, or oh, I said eight twice, but 10, 11. But anyway, the point is, is that I went about it that way where I know other people would have done it differently. I don't know if that's the first thing that you might've done or thought of. I feel like now thinking about it, some people might be like, okay, that's the way I would have gone about it. But that's something I think that was creative and something a bit different that I did that was to do with coding. Yeah, and there we go. See, we've both gone from earlier saying we don't feel that we're creative to actually when we think about it, you know what we, we are. And I think everyone has the capacity to realize the creativity in their life and to think, well, I did this thing differently. I was thinking outside the box here. I was a creative thinker in this moment. And that's, I think, quite a nice thing to think because everyone wants to be creative and everyone wants to be recognized as being a creative person. And so when you strive towards that and you seek it out and you actually look for it, then hell yeah, you can find the creativity in your own life. You know, Manny and I have literally just been talking about coding and we found the creativity in that, which is fantastic. Um, and one last question that uh, I think Manny wanted to go for is what should you what should you do if you're experiencing experiencing a creative block? Yeah, man, I wanted to ask this uh, question. Oh, okay, okay. It's a weird one because I feel like even times when we've done the podcast, and I think one of the good things that we did, which we haven't really we've spoken about it very briefly on the podcast, but not a lot, is that we actually took like a good three four weeks off during the Christmas period. Not only because we like spending time with our families, but also because Sometimes you need a break to recharge the batteries and make yourself kind of take you, you take yourself out of that kind of reality or perspective. And then you can get back to it at a later date. Like we might've written down ideas and things that we wanted to do for the year upcoming, but because we detached ourselves from it for like a good three, four weeks, we were able to come in with a new fresh set of eyes. And that's just something that I feel like I've done personally to prevent a creative block. But have you got any other suggestions or ideas, uh, Joseph, to the people listening and also myself? Well, definitely taking a step back, as you mentioned, you know, we did take a step back from the podcast just to have a break from it and make sure we don't burn out. And it allowed us to plan things and to get assessed where we were. And for example, we have a, a, a Trello board where we write down our, what we want to do, you know, our, our group podcasts, our duo podcasts, ideas for that. And some of the things I wrote down in December before we had our little break was that I wanted to get Muse on it and I wanted to get Edward on it. And I wanted to talk about um, data privacy and governance. And at the start of December, I was thinking, man, that might not happen because I haven't spoken to Edward in a little bit since he's been at uni. I haven't seen Muse in over a year, but, and I was thinking mm, these things might not work. I might not be able to do this, da, 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 whatever. And I was beginning to be a bit doubtful of whether these things could be achieved but when we took that break it gave us the opportunity to look back and look back at what we've done so far and who we managed to get on board and think actually you know what we can get these guys on the podcast because i think they'd like it and we would like it too and lo and behold that has happened 
and I think taking a step back is one of the most important important things. And if you want to take it on an even smaller scale, for example, say if you're at work or whatever, and you're you have the ability to have a little bit of a break, just go for a walk, go out and enjoy a little bit, or you know, don't even go outside. Walk around the office, walk around your room, wherever you are. If you're staying at home, make yourself some food, do something else. And then that can allow you to just subconsciously dissect what you've been thinking about, but also means that you're not necessarily fully focused on it. You know, I know that I split my workday up into two or three hour segments with a 15 minute break in between and then my lunch break, of course. And because I know that that allows me to work at the best rate, it means I don't fall asleep at my desk, which I was praying, which I was able to do, uh, or not able to do, which I accidentally did a few times because I was <laughs> sitting down for so long. It also allows me to stay a bit more focused when I get back to my desk because I'm refreshed now from the cold winter air. And all these things, it allows you to just let the creative juices flow a little bit more because you're able to see things from a different perspective. Yeah, no, you're 100% right, man. Take that step back and like when you have that different perspective. And also, I feel like talking to other people, I don't know if you actually mentioned that, but like having conversations with other people about certain topics, because I talk to a lot of my mates and my mates all have different opinions and everyone has their own uh, say on certain topics. And it's good to kind of ask them about, this is my perspective, this is what I was thinking about when I initially thought of creativity as a subject, uh, as a topic for the podcast. And my mate was like, oh, are you going to be talking about the education system? And I was like, that wasn't really on the agenda, but that's interesting. Why do you mention that? And I said to them, oh, this is because of uh, education system. That's what I believe in. This is, they gave me their perspective. And then it kind of just trickles through those kind of conversations where you kind of get ideas. And some of these aren't pre-scripted. Some of these aren't like written up. Like I might have a conversation with my mate and they might say to me, oh, so what's this week's podcast? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of struggling. I'm thinking about these ideas. What's your thoughts on them? They might be like, oh, that's really cool. Have you considered this for this idea? And they might be like, I might be like, yes or no. And if I say yes, they'll be like, so what did you consider? And I will say my point in formal setting because we're just having a conversation. But they kind of give us ideas. And that's what I really appreciate about the people listening and the people who message me or even ring me or like people who I just talk to on a day-to-day basis who ask about the podcast. Because it's like, you can learn so much from the other person that it's actually insane how many people you can learn from. You'd want to learn so many different things from everyone because everyone has something to say. And I know there's that notion of too many cooks spoil the broth and there is a time and place for that. But when it comes to being creative and if you're going through a block, having open conversations, perhaps even talking about having a creative block might help you kind of go through it because you kind of talk through your process and your experiences. You might be like, I'm going through a creative block. I've gone ahead and gone with a mind map. And all I've got so far is this. And then someone might be like, oh, in your mind map, maybe you should put in sections or maybe put in some questions. So it kind of pushes you and prompts you to look for different uh, avenues to your answer, different avenues to solution you're going for, et cetera. And it's something that you can definitely take on board. And that, that only came from the fact that someone else suggested it. So I think other people are critical as well to preventing or help going through that experience of a creative block just to add on to what you just mentioned, Joseph. Yeah, and I, I can definitely affirm that because my dad is a, is a computer programmer himself, you know, he's been working in the industry for almost 20 years now. And when I got stuck at work, I actually called him up 
you know, you saying that reminded me that I actually called my dad and be like, dad, I'm really stuck on this, this thing. Can you help me with it? And he didn't really have as much context as I did, but he had a computational understanding of how coding works in general, just based on how long he's been doing this for. And he really helped me out and he really helped me think, oh, maybe I should try that. And in a similar way, my brother, he was having some difficulties setting up a computational way of solving a math problem. So he called me up and said, oh, Joseph, I really need your help with this because I know you do computer science and you've been doing Python for a while now. Would you be able to help me out? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. And we managed to get some stuff working and it was going really, really well. And hopefully he's managed to flesh that out into a full on dissertation now. So best of luck to him with that. But it, it really is true. It really is true, Manny. Man, and also one thing that I want to say that um, to add on to what you just talked about, like it's awesome to get people who've kind of been in the so, same like domain or subject matter that you're stuck on, but never underestimate the power of someone who doesn't really like have too much context on what you're doing. Because I feel like with those people, they'll just think of the problem as the problem itself. And like, so let's say, for example, we were having a coding issue. Someone might say to you, oh, instead of using a for loop, why don't you use a for each loop? And that's very practical advice. Like that makes sense. You could go about it. Someone who understands the principles of coding and understands the nuances to how to code and the different methodologies that you can go about doing something. They might be like, oh, do this data, do this structure or control, control flow instead of this other one because you can change how the, the code ends up running and it changes the ways that it goes down the code uh, branches, etc. But talking to someone who doesn't really have that context, they might, the whole sequence question for me might have been like, why don't you go and someone might say something very basic in layman's terms, like, why don't you go through every single number and add up those numbers that are next to each other just to find out. And even though that might not be the best way to go about getting the solution, it's a way nevertheless to make you kind of put your own spin on it or innovate from there. If someone said to me, sequence question I was talking about earlier, if they said to me, go through every single number in that sequence, add them up and see if it adds up to make nine. They've kind of said to me, in essence, do a for loop and then add up every single value in the sequence, which is next to each other. So the consecutive ones. So it might be for uh, int i and zero or whatever. So it might be the first term, then it might be the second term. Then if that doesn't add up, do the first term with the third term. It might be first term with the fourth term, or it even might be the fact that you shift from the first term to second to being two to three. And it starts kind of compiling ideas in your own head. Yeah, they didn't need to tell me I had to do all these kind of long, long ass like methodologies for do this exact thing to get this exact answer. Do this for loop, do these things that someone who has more context on the scenario might say. But going back to layman's terms might be the best thing for you. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know that, for example, with um, with the Samaritans, they pride themselves on not not having they have an unbiased view of what it is that your problem is going through you know the samaritans are a group that you can call up when you're having uh, mental difficulties or family issues or whatever you may be going through but they can provide unbiased input yes it may be sometimes good to have context but sometimes you get so wrapped up in the context you can't see it for what it is and that is a very helpful thing as well that you know sometimes you need someone else's creativity to help kickstart yours and, you know, if, if you've got nothing else left to say, Manny, I feel like we're definitely reaching the, uh, the end of the podcast. So uh, I would like to thank all of you 
for listening today. Hopefully we've ignited some of your creativity. We've hopefully inspired you with some of our stories of going from not very, oh, we're not really creative to thinking actually, yes, we are creative. So hopefully we've effort, got some affirmations for all of you listening out there. So we, uh, we do absolutely no advertisement of the podcast. We just post once a day on Instagram at the official DMC podcast. And we post once a week at 6.30 on Sundays at the DMC on Spotify. Uh, Without further ado, thank you so much for listening. This is the DMC podcast signing off.